return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Coming to minister, let's welcome him as he comes up. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. How many of us are happy to be in the presence of the Lord? Whoa. It's always awesome and very joyful to be in the presence of the Lord. And I don't take it lightly. Actually, my expectation is that at the end, I should be blessed than everybody here. Amen. Yeah, so me, myself, I have expectation. So um, be ready for an encounter. You know, we go to the presence of God, and it is God's face that we are going to seek, not the face of man. Hallelujah. And I pray that tonight, God will make the words so simple, that no matter the any stage you are, God will be able to speak to you for you to understand. Uh, before I begin, I want to thank the entire leadership of this church. I want to thank Pastor Dei Mamajini. I want to thank Pastor Randin and Angeline, and the entire leadership of this church for this great opportunity giving me to share the word of God with you. Hallelujah. And I want to also thank you also especially for making time to join us tonight to have this communion with the Lord. Hallelujah. So we thank God so much. We bless his name. Can you just kindly close your eyes and just begin to bless the name of the Lord. Just bless his name. Bless the name of the Lord. Just lift up your voice. Just bless his name. Just bless his name. However you can worship him. If you, if you want to be on your feet and raise your hands and bless his name, just do it. However it is, just lift up your hands. And if you just want to bless him with your lips, whatever, just express your love to him. Oh, a God is so good, a good God. Miloza Branda He's God all by himself. The Bible says that seated by him are the twenty-four elders and the four beasts. They cut their crowns and they say, Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Rebarum Vrandis Alabahadoski and Alabaha. Oh, he dwells in the in the in the praise of his people, of his saints. Miraviloza Darakosha Talabaha. What a God we serve. What a God we serve. Oh Rabba. Cause you are God all by yourself. Alaba. You are God all by yourself. I just want us to repeat that part. Cause you are God all by yourself. Shalabose Valoskaha. You are God all by yourself. Kondabalosha kaparosa bahadabasandadabaha. Uradasilabaha. Father, we thank you for your God or by yourself. You are the mighty God. You are the King of Kings. You are the, you are the Elohim. Father, tonight we commit ourselves into your hands, O oh God. Speak to us tonight. 
Father, we yearn for you. We seek for your face. We want to see you like never before in the mighty name of Jesus. Set us apart for your own glory. May we not live here the same as we came. But may we be edified like never before in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Can we be seated in the presence of the Lord? You are God all by yourself. Radasi kapalo sakadarandasiha. You are God over yourself. Today's message for you is God's masterpiece. God's masterpiece. It was when when the Holy Spirit dropped that into my spirit, I was like, oh my. When God started speaking to me and unraveling the mysteries behind these things, I was like, I was so overwhelmed. I was like, so this is a hidden treasure in his word. And I hadn't known. I've been reading this thing for a long time, but this time around, it came to life. You know, there are times when you can read a certain portion of the scripture for a long time, but one day you will read it and you're like, what? So this is there all while and I never knew, I have never seen it. And I'm praying that you'll be blessed. Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. Is that you were once dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. Obeying the devil and the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way. Following the passionate desires and inclination of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's wrath just like everyone else. Hmm. But God is so rich in mercy. Huh. God is so rich in mercy. And he loves us so much. That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can put to us, so God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace. And kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things you have done. So none of us can boast in it. For we are God's masterpiece. Hallelujah. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Hallelujah. Wow. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do good things. He planned for us long, 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 long time ago. When I was reading at the verse 6 and the verse 7, I couldn't move. I had to take my time and digest it because it is heavy. The verse 6, if you can go back to the, Look at it. 
just take your time and consume it. I'm just giving you like 30 seconds. Just, just look at it. So rich. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ. So, can I submit to you that when Christ died on that cross, about 2,021 years ago, I died on the cross. I died with him. And I raised, I resurrected with him. And not only so, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ. So that means that when Christ was resurrected from the dead, when he had gone to Hades and had gotten victory over Hades, now we resurrected together with Christ. And look, and seated us with him. One thing God was telling me was that the word of God is so rich. It's so beautiful and so sweet and so simple that it's kind of difficult for us to fathom it. Sometimes when, I think that there is a problem. Sometimes when something is too simple, it becomes difficult to understand too. Because it's like, it is too simple for me to believe that it does happen. See that when you were resurrected together with Christ, He didn't leave you there. Now, He is, zalabaharandosa. I need to do something here. If I don't do it, I won't feel fine. Good. Richie, please come. Anyone else to... um, Oh, okay. Lynn wants to come. That's beautiful. So, Lynn, sit down. Richie, please sit down. So what the Bible is saying is that when Christ resurrected together with us, what he did was that now, see, from, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him. So now, Lean, assuming that Lean is Jesus and Richie or Richard is I. Now, Richie, now, Lean is seated in heavenly places. Lean has been given a name that is higher above any other name. That at the name, at the measure of that name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. So now Lean, who is Christ Jesus, has been given a very high place that it's not any person who can be there. But what happened was that when he got to that position, I, Richie, was also tagged along with him. So where he sits, I sit. Isn't it beautiful? So where he is, I am. So if you are looking for Christ, you should see me. Because I and Christ, we are inseparable. We are together. I was carried along with him the very day I resurrected from the dead. Please, we can sit down. Thank you. You can put it down for me. He raised us together with Christ. Seated us together with Christ in heavenly realms. Made us depositors. So God can point to us in all future ages as an example of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness towards us. Other versions say that, uh, and God has deposited in us immense grace 
I don't know and I don't know how you see yourself. But I want you to still follow me. <laughs> because I'm talking about God's masterpiece. I'm talking about God's masterpiece. And you know, and I think that this is one of the great challenges we have in this world. One of the problems of the church is theology. You know, we, because of how limited we are, and how we don't spend time in the presence of God, we tend to think that, no, God is somewhere. Christ is somewhere. I can't believe that God has positioned me at a place together with Christ, that if Christ is the word, and he raised me together with him, and I'm in Christ, then can I submit to you that I am the word of God? I'm praying that you follow me and you understand what I'm talking about. I am found in Christ. My genes have been totally altered. So now, when you're looking for the genes of Albert, it is lost. Because I have been immersed in Christ so that I may rise up. So when I rise, I raise up. It is no more Albert that lives. It is not Albert that you see. Because now the new Albert you see is seated in heavenly places together with Christ. And he is glorified together with Christ. So I share in the glory of Jesus. Hmm. It is hard for us to see this great provision our Lord has made. You know, because we look at our situations, look at our circumstances, we look at our environment, we look at our limitation, and we think that I am just a mistake. You think that I just came. You think that he just cre- I am just any other person who has been created. But can I submit to you that you are not just any person you are not just any common person. You are the masterpiece. Now take my time to explain what masterpiece is. I'll get there. You just follow me. I'll get there. You are God's masterpiece. But you know the problem is our mind. The way we perceive God. The way we think about God determines who we are. You know a man is limited and restricted by how much or how far he can think. You can never go above how you can think. Actually, how you think is who you are. That's why the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart. So, you see, the Bible says in the book of Psalm 78, verse 41, that they limited the Lord most high. They limited him. God could not do certain things in their lives, in the lives of the Israelites. Because they limited him with their mind. They're like, oh, God can do these things, but God cannot do this. So then we will serve God in this way, but yet still we will build idols for ourselves. Because we need rain, because we need this. And our God can just give manna, he can just give meat, but he cannot give us rain. So we will build altar for Baal. We will build altars for other gods, so that we can serve them as well. They limited him. And that's why I love what Deb has been preaching for some time now. Transformation. Renewing your mind. You know, because one thing I've gotten to understand is that, yes, it is one thing receiving the Spirit of God, being born again. And it's another thing walking in the immense provision God has made for you by virtue of becoming born again. 
Because that, so that he may point unto us. Can you go back? The Ephesians chapter 2. The latter part. See that. No, the verse 7. The verse 7. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness shown towards us. You know, you, God has deposited something incredible in you. God has deposited something immense in you. God has made you something extremely special. Equip you with certain things that the world cannot fathom. He has seated you in certain position that the world cannot understand. Because if the Bible says that we are seated together with Christ in heavenly places, it is also by virtue of our position in the Lord. You know, your position determines the power you possess. Your position determines the power you have. If the President of the United States of America speaks and someone who is the senate or maybe i don't know the system here but maybe um someone who is less than the president speaks the two of them though they all have power but you realize that the power that the president possesses is far higher than the other one by virtue of him being in that position as the president his words carry power than any other cabinet member or whatever it is but the problem you have is our mind we think so little of ourselves we think so little of the provision god has made we think so little of how god has made us and who are who he has made us to be most of us think that we are mistake we were just born by mistake my dad my mom wanted to wanted to abort me and by mistake i came some of us think that we are an error on the surface of the earth but can I submit to you that how you think will determine how much you can work in the grace God has given to you? Can we go to Galatians chapter 4, verse 1? Think, it, think of it in this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up. Until they grow up. Let me tell you, we can all we are all here. We are assuming that everybody here is born again. But our ability to assess the grace God has deposited in us is different. And all of it is dependent on how much you see God, how much your mind has, has been metamorphosed, as um, Deb always say, how your mind has been transformed, changed. You had an original formation, but now it has been transformed. It has been changed in an opposite direction. So at first, if you were heading here, now you have been transformed. So now your direction is towards this place. God has made you a different person. So if you can't go through the process of transformation and you want to continue to stay as a baby, you cannot assess certain things. And certain things will seem trivial to you. And certain things will seem impossible to achieve and attain. That's the reason why we are struggling in the body of Christ. Jesus said that these things you see me do. Greater things than these shall you do. Do you know the reason why he said that? Because he knew who we, who we are in him. 
Because if Christ was on earth for 33 years, for three years he did ministry. He did great signs and wonders. He restored sight to the blind. He raised the sick. He raised the dead. I mean, he turned I mean, water into water. He did many things. And he, at the long run, gave salvation to all men. Just within three years. And now Christ is not physically on this earth. But Christ is not away from this earth. Christ is resident in us. Meaning that there is a work that he started that he expects us to continue and do greater things than that. Let me tell you, if you start something and you are maybe class one, how you look at things, is different from when you go to class two, how you see things. Once you graduate and you go further in life, you realize that your perception of things and your ability to do things change. So if Christ used three years and Christ has been on earth for more than 2,021 years since he was crucified on the cross, then that means that at this time, the things that are supposed to happen on this earth should be mind-boggling. Things not recorded in the scripture. Can I tell you something? That we are still in the creative Creation is not done. And we are still writing the book of Acts. We are still writing scriptures. We are still being used by God to do great things. Let me tell you, God is about, God wants to do certain things that the world has not seen. But then he is used, he's looking for vessels who have gotten to the point to comprehend and understand their position and their place in him. To know who they are in him. So that he can use them to do great things. Because it's as though the church sees, sees herself as a baby. So because of that, the church cannot possess certain things and do certain things. The church has so much wealth. The church has so many treasure. The church has so many potential. The church has so many capacities. But the church cannot do that what God has called her to do. So we look back to the to the things of the past and we pride in them. How pathetic we are. That's why Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says that be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As you renew your mind, you are maturing. As you renew your mind, you are growing. Transformation brings about maturity. So as you are being transformed, you are being changed into the image of Christ. So that now that Christ that you are seated together with him, now he becomes very real and very tangible to anybody that you are standing by. So people see you and they are like, Pastor Randin, I look at you, but when I see you, there is something I cannot explain. You carry a certain presence, you carry something that I cannot fathom. The way you do your things is like, it's not of this earth. Yes, because Pastor Randin, ideally, is not of this earth. But Pastor Randin is of a heavenly realm. Pastor Randin is seated at heavenly place together with Christ Jesus. So while Jesus is me, that's why I can be an intercessor. That's why I can mediate on behalf of nations and things will happen. Because by virtue of my position in the Lord Jesus Christ, he has also given me mandates, authority. He has given me power to do the things that he was supposed to do on earth as well. I believe I'm making sense. Hmm. What is masterpiece? I've talked about someone will be asking, what is masterpiece? What is this gentleman talking about masterpiece? I decided to check for the meaning of masterpiece. It's actually quoted from the word magnum opus. Magnum opus. And what it means is one considered greatest work of a person's career. One considered as the not the great. 
not any other work, but the greatest work of a man's career. Meaning that with all the work a person may do, the person's greatest work, the work that you can look at and identify with it as it belongs to this person. This is the person's handiwork. This is the person's workmanship. This is the person's outstanding creativity. It encompasses the fullness of the person's creativity skills and profundity. That's what we call masterpiece. Can I submit to you that you are God's greatest work? In all of God's work, from the creation and everything till now, can I submit to you that the greatest work God ever did was you? From today, can you always tell yourself that I am God's greatest? And it's not Albert who is saying it. It is in the Bible. You are God's masterpiece. His greatest work. And you know, whenever a man picks his greatest work, he looks at it and you're like, he's like, wow. He, looks at, he always wants to look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Because it shows his ability, qualities, and skills. God did not create you by mistake. God did not create you by error. He took his time in all the work he has done. Though he is God, with you, he took his time and brought the best of his work that he could do. And that is the reason why God will not just... You can't just have a masterpiece and it is worthless. No. I checked and said that. He said that masterpiece, a creation that has been given much critical praise. So, the person's masterpiece is the one that is giving much, not praise, much critical praise. Meaning that you intentionally praise the person for the work he has done because it's outstanding. And everybody can see it. You are God's workmanship. You are God's masterpiece. And he has deposited immense grace. He has deposited immense power in you. He has deposited so much in you for us to feel him. He has given us so much. So, can you go to the verse, um, verse 10 for me? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew. Not in the world. He has created us anew. Not in the church. He has created us anew. Not in our family. But he has created us anew in Christ. In Christ. And any masterpiece has work to do. Because Whenever the, because the masterpiece is, ident- is, is, is the reflection of the one who did it. It, it encompasses the person's emotions. It encompasses who the person is. So God will not just do anything anyhow and just leave you to go by like that. He, will, he created us and he has given us so much to the point that generations yet unborn, generations yet to come, yet, yet to come will look at us. And give glory to God. Because they look at us and they see the total deposition of God's grace in our life. 
That is the reason why we are supposed to be outstanding in wherever we find ourselves. Because immediately you are born again, you are the masterpiece of God. He has taken his time to create you and he has positioned you in heavenly place. Therefore, he has made you a person who determines the course of this world. The Bible makes us understand in the book of Genesis chapter 1 that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void. And God said, and God said, and God said, we know that Jesus Christ is the embodiment, the epitome of the word of God. Because the Bible says that, for in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In the verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among men. So this word that um, John was talking about was Jesus Christ. And now the Bible is saying that this Jesus who is the word, I'm found in him. Because it says that he has created us anew in Christ. So he picked me. He placed me in Christ. Changed my DNA. Changed everything about me. And made me a new person. So I am no more that old person. I'm a new person. And I am filled with the logos of God. So the things that Christ was able to do on earth. The things that Christ did on earth. I am supposed to do greater things than that. I'm supposed to do better things than that. If Christ raised about five people, I'm supposed to be able to raise like 100,000 people. Because about, about 2,021 years since Christ died. And if I sat now, you can't do anything for the Lord. You don't possess power. You don't possess authority. Do you know that you have been placed above every other thing? Even above prince, uh, I mean principalities and the ages and, and the princes of this world. Therefore, wherever I stand, I command a certain realm of power and atmosphere that when the devil gets close, the devil must fall. If indeed the church knows her worth, COVID-19 would have disappeared a long time ago. But the problem is our doctrine. The problem is how we think. We think that God has given us some things, but he hasn't given us all things. So we work like some things, but we don't work like all things. But if we can transition and move from the point where we think like we are some things, to begin to think that we are all things because we are found in Christ, then we can stand and command any error in this world, and they shall be corrected. How can they be Christians? How can they be the masterpiece of God? And they have called themselves. That's why the Bible says that there is an error under the sun. And the error is this. The prince and the princesses are walking on barefoot. Whilst the slaves are riding on chariots. That is an error. Now the world is being decided by the world powers of this world. But can I tell you something that it is God who even and thrones and dethrone kings. In our lives, he has given us so much power and authority. For he has placed us at a place where we can make decisions and it will affect nations. That's why, that's why, one, um, that's why one, is it the queen of England or something? She said that, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of anybody. But there's only one man I'm afraid of. The prayers of John Knox. Because this man realized his potential in Christ. He realized who he is. He realized that he's not just any person. He realized that he's not made by mistake. Ha! He utilized the grace he has received through salvation to the maximum potential probably he can. He's dead and gone. 
But my question to you is that if you are here and you boast as God's masterpiece, if you are here and you see that you think that you are God's greatest work he has done, that he has deposited so much grace in you, that he has seated you together with Christ, so you make decisions together with Christ, and you are actually the word of God because you are lost in the word of God, then why is the word the way the word is? And why are we not walking in the power we are supposed to walk in? Why are we silent and not doing the work we are supposed to do as believers? Why are we silent and we are not showing for the glory of God? Because the masterpiece of a person shows the, gives glory to the one who did it. Why are we glorifying the world? Not glorifying God. Why do we let people see us and pity us? We are not, we are not meant for pity. Because who God is and how he has made us, where we are found, the problem is we don't know who we are. Because if you don't know your identity, that means that you don't know who you are. And when you don't know who you are, you accept anything. So someone will just go sit down, I mean, out of the present circumstances, challenges, situations in life, the person will come up with a certain doctrine and come and just say it. And people will be running around along with it. The world, the church is not able to exploit the full potential. Because we don't even believe that we are even Christ on earth. Ah, you say I am an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is an ambassador? And can I submit you are not just an ambassador. <laughs> in fact, you are Christ. Because if our bodies are the temple of the Lord, and our God is resident in us, and if Christ is the one resident in us, and we are carriers of Christ, and our body physically is the temple that the, that the altar of God is located. Hi. Then I carry Christ wherever I go. That's why, he said, that's why Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But then in Matthew chapter 5, he also said that, ye are the light of the world. I'm not the darkness of this world. I am the light. I show for the glory of the master. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. If you are saying that you are, you are being built on the solid rock, Jesus, then the world should see. If you are saying that you are a believer of Jesus Christ, then you must get up. You must rise up because your light has come. Walk in the light of God. Walk in the knowledge of God. Walk in the wisdom of God. Grow and mature and you see that the Lord is good. Until then... You always think that it's a curse. There's no blessing in becoming a child of God. But my God will not take his time to create me and just leave me just like that. He will not just create me by mistake like he was just using clay to, to create and he's like, this is the last, these are the, some of the residues of the clays left. Let me just form something and name that thing Randon. So, Randon is the last part of the clay that was left. So he just did this, did that, you know. And said, go away. Go and be my... Go and talk about me. No. He took his time. He created you. And he gave you himself. As Christ is the express image of Jesus, so are you. As Christ is the light of the world, so are you. As Christ is the healer of this world, so are you. As the world was created through Christ, so are you. We create and recreate our world and create and recreate this world. If you are going through things in life, don't be a victim. Last time Deb was talking about it, that, that victim mindset. Because who God has made us, 
the devil himself is aware. So what he does is that he will come. Let's, let's go to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using the weapon of man. The weapon of our warfare are not physical. Weapon of flesh and blood. Our weapon are divine. Divinely powerful for the destruction of fortress. We are destroying the sophisticated. We are destroying the sophisticated arguments and every ex- every exalted and proud thing that sets itself against the knowledge of God. What the devil will do is that he will throw arguments to you. He will give you false imaginations. He will give you false arguments. He will lie to you and you accept, incubate it, and give birth to that thing. So you'll be working as someone who is a victim. You'll be working as somebody who is, who is not treasured by the Lord. And at the end, you always say that, as for me, things are not better. As for me, I'm not worth it. As for me, I am a good for nothing. As for me, things are not going well for me. As for me, those are lies from the pit of hell. Immediately you accept it, that becomes a reality. Some of us are working in a reality that are false realities. It's hard time that we go before the Lord in prayer and ask God to change our mind. Watch our mind with his word so that we will recognize our position in him and know who he has made us in him, that we are his masterpiece, his most valued and treasured work. Can we be upstanding? Can we be upstanding? Shalabon de Rabasaya. Just begin to pray. Some few minutes, just pray to God. Just talk to God that God, work on my mind. Give me the grace to be able to understand the, where you've positioned me and my position in you. Father Lord, let me understand and know that you've made me a special person. That I am your masterpiece. You positioned me on this earth to show forth your glory. Among all other things, Lord, you took your time. Ah, Lord, you, you didn't do it by mistake. You took your time. Oh God, you, you took your time. You created me. You positioned me on this earth to glorify you. That through me, men may see you. That through me, men may see the immense grace, the wealth of your grace that you deposited in us. Can you pray to God? That God, wash my mind with your word. Wash my mind with your word. May my mind be totally transformed. May I metamorphose. Oh God. May I be transformed in my mind. God, from henceforth, I give, I lay it all unto you, oh God. I give you my all, Father. Take charge of my body, God. I just surrender everything unto you. God, from henceforth, I just want to consume your word. It is only your word that I shall accept. It is only your message that I shall take. Huh. You know, let me say this. Whilst we're praying, God just dropped this in my spirit. There are some of us here. You are sick. But the sickness is this. You've accepted a wrong argument. So that has become your reality. So it's a barrier. So even when you are getting to the point of believing that I can be healed, you just get to the cross where you go back. You're like, no, it can't be me. This is who I am. I can't be healed. This is my situation. This, it, is, it is in my father's house. It is in my mother's house. Oh, our generations have all gone through it. It is not anything, I mean, unusual. So I may probably die with it. Can I submit to you that that is not your story? That is the argument of the devil. If you accept these things, no matter 
tonight, if you would understand this, someone is being liberated tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Ah, if you are understanding this, no matter the sickness you find yourself in, if you should know your place in here that you are God's masterpiece, you will know that God is ever ready to work on your heart, to change you and transform you. What is your situation? Is it that in your family you are looked down as the least? Can I tell you that there was a man called Gideon? He was from the least of the tribes. He was not respected. In fact, he was also the weakest among his father's family. But God saw him and called his name Mighty Man of Valor. That was his real name. He was a mighty man of valor. But the devil told him that he was a weak thing. If you understand this, you have gallant men of God. There are a lot of grace and gifts God has given to man. Sometimes I look at the grace and the gift of Philip. How Philip was able to translocate from one place to another. And I'm like, God, why that when I need to travel to Ghana, I need to go and take flight? What you've given us grace, you've given us gifts, gifts for our Allah. Can, can it get to a point when if I want to go to Ghana and visit my family, I'll just be like, oh God, I'm going to Ghana, I'll be back in two minutes. I just go, hey mom, hey dad, how are you doing? Then I come back to Brookings and I'm doing my work. You know, it's like, it is weird. It's like, how can it happen? And somebody say that, this guy is crazy. But that is actually who you are. Christ could be at anywhere at any time. He was not limited or restricted by anything. Ha, huh, can I tell you, you are eternal. You are, etern- you are eternity locked up in the flesh. But yet, so you can, the more you grow yourself and eternity rubs on your flesh, you do the things of eternity. That's why he said, let this mind that is in Christ be in you. Because if that mind that is in Christ is in you, with you, nothing will be impossible. You can now say that, ah, with man, it may seem impossible. But with me, because I have my God through Christ, all things are possible for me. Father, I pray, I thank you for your vessels. We thank you for your word. We bless your name. I pray the Lord you lead us to that point where we recognize and know our position and our place in you. To know who you've made us to be in you. That will not work as victims. That will not work as things that are by mistake. But will work as your treasured vessels. We will work as your masterpiece. And at the end, give glory unto your holy name. In your name have we prayed with thanksgiving. Can all saints say amen? God bless you so much. If you need prayers in anything, you can come and I'll join your hands in prayer. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.